0: Chicago Bears podcast. What is going on, everybody? We got another fun episode on hand for today. I'm your host, as always, Jose Soto. But before we jump into today's episode, what has been going on around the league before training camp opens up uh, for the Chicago Bears? We do have a big signing that finally went down. And it was not an edge rusher for the Bears, but instead it is Pro Bowl wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. He's getting a two-year contract to go play for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, So with injuries just staggering his production this last couple of years, it was not really a cut-and-dry situation for DeAndre Hopkins to just uh, get a big contract with any team. But if you kind of take a look at his numbers, he did only play in 10 games last season. Uh... He still did have 64 receptions, 717 yards, and three touchdowns on a very, very bad Arizona Cardinals offense. So it looks like the Titans want to be that team to roll the dice on former Pro Bowl wide receiver uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But honestly, if they get a healthy Hopkins uh, who who gets 14 to 16 games, uh, get you around 1,200-plus yards receiving, then honestly, you're going to be back in that conversation to be a Super Bowl contender in 2023. And another AFC team taking a huge flyer on an injury-prone player is the Baltimore Ravens. They are only giving him a one-year deal. Uh, They do have Gus Edwards. And with J.K. Dobbins being put on the PUP list, they're going to need to bring someone that can uh, come in, give them some solid carries, So looks like Melvin Gordon is getting another shot. The veteran brings experience, but he can quickly become that locker room nuisance as was seen in some of his in some of his previous stops. So let's look at impact players who will be starting off on the pup list. The Jets did place Brees Hall, the second year running back, uh, who did unfortunately have a shortened season last year uh, due to an ACL tear. Another player uh, that is going on to the puplist due to an ACL tear last year is Chadobi Awuzie, uh, one of the Bengals' starting outside corners. But it does look like the Bengals wasted no time. They do want to make sure they attack that position. They did use a second-round pick to draft uh, DJ Turner, cornerback. Uh, what he was actually one of the fastest players to come out of this year's draft class. Uh, next is another cornerback, uh, and Emmanuel uh, Mosley, one of the biggest additions to the Lions roster. Uh, and last but not least, we have the Chicago Bears, uh, which seemed like a very surprising move, uh, placing wide receiver Chase Claypool on the pup list. But he went ahead, passed his physical on Monday, and they quickly removed him. So it was very short-lived. So... Since we are all caught up with everything leading up to training camp, it's that time. The Deep Ball. So what are the major, fo- major focal points uh, going into training camp now that the Bears are going to put the pads on and be able to finally make contact? Well, this is honestly going to be the true test for both the defensive and offensive lines. I do understand that the teams uh, have come out. Team did come out, they said... Hey, the offensive line is pretty much set. They got Braxton Jones at left tackle. Tevin Jenkins next to him at left guard. Cody White here, uh, Manning in the middle there at center. Nate Davis at right guard. And that first round rookie, uh, first round pick, Darnell Wright at right tackle. But I do think things can still be shaken up. Cody White here is going to come in to camp as the starting center. But this is not... Going to be his first stint at center, even though Whitehair was drafted out of Kansas State as a guard in the second round. His rookie year, uh, Whitehair was put in at center. He did start all 16 games after uh, injury to Jaronis Grasu in training camp. So in 2018, Whitehair went ahead and played every offensive snap and then was selected as a pro bowler. but unfortunately for him the bears were in a very weird situation uh they jumbled up the offensive line once again in 2019 and then decided as well to give cody whitehair a five-year contract extension uh, after moving him from the position he was a pro bowler in at center to left guard so whitehair has played well uh since then but He's, he's been nowhere near his Pro Bowl year at center, and that mixed in with the injuries right here. It's just not the player that he was in 2018. But if he can go ahead and bounce back, uh, play up to his contract at center, then the Bears will definitely have a great player to anchor the offensive line. But if not, the Bears have to look at one of uh, Ryan Poe's signings from last year. Uh, and the guy's finally healthy, and that's Lucas Patrick, who was actually the st- one of the staples for the Green Bay Packers offensive line. And a guy that his former uh, head coach, Matt LaFleur, called a guy that holds the group together. The crazy thing is that in minicamp, the offensive line had a six-man in Lucas Patrick. Uh, He was actually going in and out, taking occasional snaps at guard, as well as center with the first strings. Uh, So it looks like even the Bears coaching staff, they do have a backup plan in case things don't go so well for the offensive line during training camp. Uh, and they still are expecting to see a return on their free agent acquisition from last season. But things are going to be a battle for both sides of the line. Uh, with the defensive side, uh, both rookies over there, Jervon Dexter and Zach Pickens, they're going to look to fight for some primary rotational spot, uh, as well as even a possible starting spot. The Bears went ahead, signed Andrew Billings to so that one-year contract. He's just going to be most likely a stopgap to help these young guys kind of get transitioned to the speed of the NFL game. So coming into training camp, Jervon Dexter Jr. looks to be the favorite out of the two rookie defensive tackles. But again, this was through minicamp with pads off. So now with things entering the next gear and things about to get much, much more physical, things will heat up. Uh, this is going to be a chance to get a real look at how well Ryan Poe's drafted this year. Will Tyler Scott be the redemption for Bayless Jones Jr. last season? Or is there a chance of both of these young players will go through some playing time with uh, guys like Aquania St. Brown and Dante Pettis kind of falling out of grace after a very lackluster season last year? Uh, the coaching staff is here for all the competition. And I, I just love what Ryan Poles and the coaching staff, uh, what they've done, creating so much depth and, comp- and depth and competition for almost every position, uh, that almost everyone is out there fighting for some sort of playing time coming into the season. Uh, what I'm most interested in seeing is how good Justin Fields is going to look uh, with the new right, wide receiver core uh, that they have uh, put around him, as well as the addition of tight end Robert Tunyon. What will be? What will he choose to do? Right. So, if the pocket breaks down, is he going to resort to what he did last season, kind of take off for a big run, or or is he going to switch it up and extend the play, uh, look for one of those guys to kind of break out of their route and make something happen? This is going to be the defining moment for a lot of these guys. Hopefully, getting a glimpse of what the off season can really be uh, with the right players in place for Justin Fields. This, honestly, is going to be maybe the final year uh, Justin Fields is going to have to prove he is the franchise quarterback for the Chicago Bears. And, And no matter how much I believe Justin Fields is that guy, he will have this year to prove it. Even a guy like Tim Tebow could run the ball, make some plays with his legs. But just a couple years ago, he was... Trying out for a tight end spot with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not even a backup quarterback spot. A tight end spot. So the positive is going on for Fields coming into his third season. He has that second year under Luke Getze. He's not going to have to learn all new terminology again. He also has shown improvement each of his last two seasons as a passer. So even though uh, it may look kind of minute with the yards... Uh, and and just his his accuracy percentage, uh, he did greatly increase his passing touchdowns. He went from seven in 2021 to last year having 17. So this is going to be Justin Fields' first year with a legitimate number one wide receiver that teams are going to be trying their best to scheme against. The Chicago Bears fans are extremely excited coming into the year, and and the excitement is for a 3-1 team last year, which is through the roof. Speaking of uh, the future, another rookie standout in minicamp is coming into training camp looking as though he is concreted into that starting quarterback spot opposite of Jalen Johnson. Uh, But this is where another battle amongst rookies may begin with fellow rookie Terrell Smith. Uh, He's finally going to be able to get his chance to prove what he has to offer after missing much of minicamp. Uh, He was battling injuries. Last year, one of the best cornerbacks in the league was a fifth-round pick in Tariq Woolen. Uh, So there is no reason to think that it's not possible for Terrell Smith to come in and make a huge statement. Terrell Smith is a very physical cornerback. He's got amazing speed. uh, And that's going to give him a great shot at taking over any of the three starting cornerback spots uh, in the Bears' nickel defense. So since we are talking about the defense, the rumors have been swirling about the Bears trading for the Washington Commanders' Chase Young, and and a deal might in fact get done right before the Bears open up on July 26th. If the Bears can pull this trade off by giving up uh, a couple fourth-round picks, then it's going to be another victory for Ryan Poles before the start of the 2023 season. The Bears' pass rush is still a giant question mark coming into the into camp, Uh, but a player like Chase Young can help them as long as he can stay on the field and produce. Chase Young had a very promising rookie season. He finished it off with seven and a half sacks, but he's not really been able to stay on the field. He only played nine games in 2021 and three games in 2022. But that one season, like I said, he did show what he is capable of of doing when healthy. Uh, and, and again, if the Bears could get 14 to 16 games of a productive Chase Young, then that would be a game changer for the Bears defense. Even getting 12 games of Chase Young being very productive uh, would, would make this trade worth it. But if the trade does fall through, uh, the Bears' edge position opposite of Demarcus Walker is going to be a battle between uh, three of the young players who have showed flashes in their young careers. Uh, with Rasheem Green to me being the one player who's not getting that much talk about right now, but he has been the most consistent and promising amongst the competition. He has eclipsed more sacks than any defensive line player on the Bears last season uh, that that was on the team. Not that's excluding the Marcus Walker. Uh, he had three and a half, and the year before that, he actually was in Seattle and he finished with six and a half sacks. So if nothing else, he's going to be a great rotational player who's going to help bring pressure to the opposite opposite team. So their their quarterback will be running a little bit uh, if he's coming through. So we need more guys to bring pressure to that quarterback position. The Bears cornerbacks would love a guy that can bring some pressure, so it's going to open up opportunities for them as well. So... The next most important battle for this Bears team is going to be on that offensive side of the ball. And and the running back room is stacked. The Bears currently have five running backs under contract. I believe two of these guys are more special teams receiving specialist players, uh, but the other three are going to be fighting for playing time. Last year, the Bears ran a running back uh, by committee game plan. Uh, If it was not for David Montgomery missing some time the split would have reached close to a 60 40 split in carries. Uh, with this in mind, who is going to be the running back getting 60 percent of the workload? We have two guys who played last season and showed some promise Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman. But I think the water gets muddled a bit more after Ryan Pose did go ahead and draft his own running back in the fourth round in Roshan Johnson. Uh, Roshan might not be the front runner as this episode drops uh, to get that 60 or even 40% of the carries. But I think with his stature as well as his play in college, he has a big attribute the coaching staff is looking for, and that is someone who can block and pick up the blitz. With guys like Roshan Johnson coming out of the draft in the fourth round and that has the ability to go ahead and compete for that starting cornerback position, Uh, the market for guys like Dalvin Cook... Have become more and more apparent. Uh, so let's get into the... Victory formation. All right. So instead of death of a salesman, we have the death of the running back position. So with the game changing over the decades, the running back position is not viewed as it once was in the days of Jerome Bettis and Walter Payton, as well as the style of play and the play callings changed drastically. The NFL for a long time was a running first game, with it being as wide as uh, them running the ball sixty plus percent of the time. So, with the rules changing and the game evolving, uh, the game has f- far more favored the passing game. And and again, how can we get more people to view the v- view, view the NFL? How can we not bog it down where just low scoring well we're going to make it a faster paced atmosphere they're going to pass the ball more make it more entertaining for fans so last year alone despite just three teams uh the other 2019s in the league passed at a higher percentage than they ran the ball the other thing that's greatly hurting the running back position was there's more players coming out of college being much more versatile and instead of uh Players are specializing, specializing as a bruiser or a pass catching back. Most players can do a mix of both uh, things. Teams have also found another way to get more out of the position. Again, the running pick position is taking big hits from guys who uh, are anywhere from 80 to 100 pounds more than they are. Uh, it's a highly injury prone position due to the many hits they're going to take as well as uh, them taking these very fast cuts. Uh, we see a lot of ACL tears, non-contact injuries to the position. So these teams f- began doing split carries between running backs instead of just having uh, one workhorse. So even elite backs uh, like Christian McCaffrey is set to continue to split carries. Him, him in San Francisco, despite him being the highest-paid running back in the NFL, will be splitting carries next season. So even though I understand why guys like Saquon Barkley feel they deserve these massive contracts, a player like Christian McCaffrey is a major reason teams are not willing to shut off that kind of money on a position that is actually very deep in today's NFL and a position that's no longer a premier position. Listen, last year's running backs for the team that went to the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs, their running back was a seventh-round pick who last year rushed for 830 yards on 170 carries. And that's just one example of a player from Day 3 that is currently a starting running back in the league in Isaiah Pacheco. Other examples of late round drafted running backs are Tony Pollard of the Cowboys, another fourth rounder, Damian Pierce of the Texans, fourth round, Ramondre Stevenson of the Patriots, another fourth rounder. and. The NFL rushing touchdown leader himself last year and Jamal Williams was another fourth round pick. So the hit ratio for a running back is so wide that the NFL teams are not willing to invest as much. If they can just draft another guy on day two or three who will not have to be paid as much and they can go ahead and keep that money and invest in positions that are just much harder to hit on. uh, That left tackle spot, those edge rushers. Then they're going to do that. The one thing I would love to see the NFL do to help the running back position, uh, since they do have one of the shortest NFL careers, allow the running backs to play the market sooner and maybe even do away with the franchise tag for the position. Let's allow these later-round players to have a three-year contract with a 30-year player option like they do in the NBA. Uh, let's not make them as limited into getting these contracts. Uh, they, they need contracts that are going to be more fitting to their production on the field. Uh, currently, the NFL has tied the arms of the running back position. The They're not allowing teams to... They're actually allowing teams to have a lot of control of the position. Uh, that, unfortunately, became a lot easier... Uh, for the teams to do, and and again, it's a lot easier for the teams to replace them as well. The days of just having that one running back who's eclipsing over 300 uh, 300 rush attempts, uh, that's just a thing of the past. Last year alone, there was only three running backs who did eclipse uh, the mark of 300 rush attempts. We are talking about 10% of uh, the teams allowing their number one running back to hit those numbers. So... I want to thank everyone for tuning in to another episode of the Sport Ethos Chicago Bears podcast. I am your host, once again, Jose Soto. Thank you, guys.